What is the Denver Broncos NFL draft philosophy heading into next Thursday? Denver Broncos GM George Payton and assistant GM Darren Muji met with the media on Friday. We get a little bit of an idea as to whether or not the Broncos will look to trade back into round one or move back. And plus, what is their philosophy on several players on their roster? Not to mention, K.J. Handler has a big part in this Broncos offense in 2022. What's the latest on his injury recovery from ACL surgery? You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get this podcast free and available everywhere to get your podcast in audio format. You can watch us on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe or that follow button so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage. Sarah, one thing that we got out of George Payton's pre-draft press conference was a little bit of insight on K.J. Handler. Obviously, for the Broncos' third-year wide receiver, really missed an instrumental part of last season due to tearing his ACL Week 3 against the New York Jets, but George Payton was really excited to be able to see him on film when they all went to Russell Wilson's uh, compound in California running some routes, right? Not doing too much just yet. But George Payton, very excited about the progress, and he said, hey, there's nobody I'm more proud of, more excited about in our building right now than K.J. Hamler because he's been putting in the work with his rehab process. And, hey, things are looking up here for K.J. going into year three. Well, and I think it's a really good sign, Cody, that that George Payton seemed kind of pleasantly surprised by it. I mean, I know that there's been reports out there that maybe the damage to K.J. Hamler's knee was a bit more severe than just an ACL injury. I know that was actually even in a post from Nine News Broncos insider Mike Kliss looking at the Broncos' top twenty uh, top 22 visits. They are, they're allowed 30, but they have had 22. And he mentioned in there that there was some worry about the damage to the knee. So I think George Payton, like, if you watch the press conference, if you listen to kind of the way he talked about it, it was, it was good to hear that he kind of sounded pleasantly surprised. And to hear him say that he's well ahead of schedule – I think that does bode well. I mean, you worry about an injury like that. Is it going to take a a full year to recover from an ACL? Is it going to take a guy, is he going to be able to come back in seven, eight, nine months? I mean, you just never really know depending on the other damage around it. But man, to see him out there running routes and and just kind of jumping around and bringing energy into the building, I think that's great for KJ Hamler. And he's making an impression, obviously, on on the, the decision makers in the building. Well, what would the process be here as well for training camp? I think that's something that Broncos fans want to know. Now, one thing George Payton mentioned, there's no known timeline. He says, I don't know a timeline yet for KJ Hamler when he could be you know, fully doing things full speed, no restrictions. I imagine going into training camp in July, the Broncos are probably going to do exactly what they did with everybody else who was coming off of torn ACLs. We've seen it with Albert O. We saw it with Cortland Sutton last season in training camp, easing them into it. There's no need to throw them in and wrap them up full speed right away. I mean, the Broncos will have significant wide receiver depth going into training camp, especially with a 90-man roster. They'll bring in a multitude of guys. Could be the NFL draft. Could be undrafted rookie free agents. Could just be training camp bodies that they bring in there. But K.J., him working with Russell Wilson, him being around them every single day, and that's one thing that George Payne talked on, Russ is always working in this building, and guys are seeing that. Guys are watching it. That is huge. Now, 
for KJ to come back, I, like I said, I hope Broncos fans don't have the expectation he's going to be fully ready for training camp day one. If he is, that is fantastic. But let it take some time to build up because there's that mental aspect. And as you alluded to with Mike Kliss's report about the knee, sometimes a concern with an ACL, how is the LCL, the outside part of the knee doing? How's the MCL, the PCL, the meniscus? How are those coming along? And obviously the Broncos are collaborating very closely with their medical staff on determining where KJ Handler is truly at. And they'll give him the free release as to whenever he'll be able to go. But one element to that I think that we are all looking forward to is seeing KJ Hamler here in 2022, Sarah, is the downfield threat. Now, one thing that George Payton said, he said, Russell throws one of the better deep balls in the NFL. And having guys that can stretch the field like KJ Hamler, like Cortland, like Judy, I think it's only going to benefit our team and Russell Wilson. I just can't help but think and envision a little bit more of K.J. Hamler just getting behind defenses, and hopefully he can get back to that like we saw in the preseason and being one of those guys that Russell Wilson just, boom, chucks it up to. That's something that intrigues me a lot. That's what I'm longing for, absolutely, to get to be able to see that version of K.J. Hamler again. I mean, how satisfying was that play even in, in the preseason, right, to see Drew Locke throw the ball that far downfield to a wide receiver? I feel like – we haven't seen that in I don't even know how long. I mean, I know Peyton Manning, he was amazing, but I don't remember him really throwing the ball that far downfield. And, and to have a guy like K.J. Hamler, who is so exceptionally fast, hopefully he comes back from this knee injury just as strong, if not stronger, than he was before. And just as fast as he was before, hopefully there's no lingering effects or anything. Because like George Payton said in his pre-draft press conference, you know, Russell Wilson is one of the best deep ball throwers in the entire NFL. And you, you go back, if you watch Russell Wilson highlights, you're just blown away by some of the throws that he makes, specifically to Tyler Lockett deep down the field. I mean, that combination, thats the that to me is the potential that K.J. Hamler has in this offense. And with Russell Wilson at the quarterback position is to be that Tyler Lockett type of deep threat because there's just not many defensive backs that, hey, if, if Russell Wilson has the ability to throw the ball 50, 60 yards down the field, there's just not many players in the NFL that can hang with K.J. Hamler running that fast that far. So I think that's it, it's, it's extremely exciting for Broncos country that he's well ahead of schedule, according to George Payton, from that knee injury. Well, we're excited to see what K.J. Handler will bring to the table in the Denver Broncos offense here in 2022. Broncos country, if you love this video here on YouTube, you love this podcast, make sure you go ahead and submit a review. Make sure you smash that like button as well. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and I, we're going to get into a conversation about the Denver Broncos draft philosophy as pointed out by Darren Muji and George Payton. Could the Broncos look to trade back into round one? If so, what would that look like? Is it realistic for them or are they even looking at moving back. You get that and much more coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. It's our good friends over there, Shady Rays. And Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair, and they will 
send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews and our good friends over there at Built Bar. And folks, as you know, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market. And this is the time of the year that I've been pretty much giving up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. Each bar contains 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. And they have nine amazing original flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor like the Built Puffs. Be sure to check it out today. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. And if you go to built.com here today, you can go to checkout. Once you get there, make sure you enter promo code LOCK15, and that's going to give you 15% off your next order at built.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at built.com. One thing we learned from general manager George Payton's pre draft press conference, Sarah, what is the Broncos' draft philosophy? Now, in my opinion, the, the takeaway that I brought out of this, and obviously it was a 37-minute press conference alongside George Payton, Darren Muji, the assistant general manager, and both guys answered a lot of questions. But there were a couple of branch points that I feel like are super important. When you read through all the smoke and mirrors, you read through all the generic answers that you do get when asked certain questions, and I feel like I have a pretty solid understanding here on where this Broncos draft philosophy may be here, Sarah. Now, I think he was asked a really good question. What were George Payton's thoughts on drafting immediate contributors versus players who have high upside and maybe can play sometime down the road? I like George's quote here, and it gives me a little bit more insight as to what he said since day one as a GM. He said one of the things, we want to take the best player. Now, if he's not quite ready week one, that's fine. We want a guy to be here long term, and that speaks to what he talked about with we want to draft and we want to develop guys and we want to get them to second contracts. That is a hard mark to do in the NFL today. Not many teams have that emphasis, but George Payton, the Broncos, They've been all in on it, and I think that with the 2021 draft class that they have, they have a lot of solid ground to build on here for this Broncos football team. Well, I think that 2021 NFL draft class can really serve as the blueprint or the proof of what he's talking about, because like we mentioned in a previous episode, you know, that 2021 class, they didn't come in as instant, immediate contributors like Patrick Sertan II. He was not even a day one starter for the Broncos, and, and he only got a starting opportunity week two last season against the Jaguars because Ronald Darby got injured. So that pushed him into the starting lineup where he remained, obviously, the rest of the season. And, of course, injuries can propel these guys into the starting lineup to become impact players year one. But I love that their philosophy is not to say, hey, it's a non-negotiable that this guy is ready to play week one. I, I don't think that should be a necessity when you're talking about the NFL draft. He made a great point. These are four or five-year investments in players. And like you said, they want to get these guys to the, that second contract, which has always been George Payton's goal. He said that from his first press conference with the team. They want to draft. They want to develop. They want to get their guys to second contracts, which which means there's an emphasis on player development. So I think that just really opens things up in terms of what direction do they go at pick number 64 or do they move up a little bit and get somebody? And if they move up for somebody, the pressure is not necessarily on that guy to come in and be an immediate starter. You have the freedom and, and the ability to kind of learn and grow as as you kind of need to. 
One thing that George Payton did say, though, that kind of stood out to me, he said, hey, you know, we don't have that pressure of having a round one pick. He said, really, would you have a first round pick? You really focus on making sure that you can find the right guy that's going to come in and be the guy that you need, not necessarily reaching. He said, as pick number 64, we really just have the chance to maybe get the people that we want. We can just sit back, see how the board falls. If we need to move up, we can. And he did allude to the fact that, hey, you know, it would take a lot of capital to move back up into round one. But he said, we're not opposed to moving up into round two. Obviously, at 64 you maybe want to jump up maybe 15 spots okay you can you know alleviate a little bit of that back end capital something that we've seen them do a little bit of and if there's really a guy that they want in round two you know of this year's nfl draft we know that the broncos will look to move up from 64 but they're content george payton is content he said you know we're not like the rams we like our picks i like that little sub jab there he has you know with less need obviously he's really close with less there but i think that is something that's interesting going back to the, he said i wouldn't you know i wouldn't rule it out much more likely we move up in round two or we could see the Broncos move back. And I know Broncos country, if they move back from 64, I imagine there's going to be some freaking out because people are like, hey, now, you know, we're not even in the top 70 now in picks. We want to be able to pick a guy at 64. You might get a really good player there. But it leads me to my next point here, Sarah. And I think it's super important. George Payton said it. We believe, you know, when you look at guys that have high upside, there's a lot of people that I think you and I like and that media and fans like in general that they're like, hey, this would be a great fit for the Broncos. But internally, the Broncos may not believe that player could be a really good scheme fit for them. Denver is very focused on, hey, we want to bring in the right fit with this scheme, with this coaching staff, and with our roster. I mean, how important of a differentiation is that between like guys that we would like that are flashy, that have like high athleticism, high traits, but maybe the Broncos don't view them as scheme guys? Well, I think that's hugely important, and that speaks to the importance of everything that this – this front office, this coaching staff, they really prioritize highly, which is collaboration, right? I mean, these guys, they want to collaborate with each other. And they alluded to that in this press conference, how many guys they sent out on the road to collect information. They even talked about having on some prospects in this draft, nine different reports on individual prospects from different people within the organization, whether that's a scout, whether that's uh, a coach or who, whoever it may be, uh, personality evaluators. So, I, I just think there's such a thorough examination happening from all these different guys. And, and that's going to allow you to find guys that are scheme fits, you know. And, and I think that one thing that always bothered me about the previous regime, Cody, is it felt like, you know, it felt like, OK, we have a, a round hole and we need to find uh, we need to find square pegs to fit in these. It, it, we're, we're willing to take square pegs to fit into the round holes. I think it's much a, a much better idea to try to find guys that obviously fit through the round hole. They can they can go in and they can contribute. They can do things, play on special teams, fit into your scheme, pick up the terminology. I think that's why you saw last year the Broncos took a lot of guys from really big time schools with a lot of pro, former professional coaches, former NFL coaches, and and not professional. They're they're professionals at the college level as well in terms of the coaches, but former NFL guys. And you see Alabama, you see Texas, you see LSU. All these different programs down there that they're learning the certain terminology that's going to help them translate to the next level. That's not to say that small school guys can't, but but I think that when you're talking about scheme fits, you have to find guys that fit. Well, what does Nathaniel Hackett want to do offensively? Well, we know he wants to run wide zone, so you're obviously not going to take a big lumbering offensive lineman uh, early on in the draft. You're going to want to find guys that have great length, great athleticism, high relative athletic scores, things like that. So I think that those are the types of things that you have to be looking out for because otherwise it becomes just a hey. You're, you're fighting a losing battle here. You're, you're slamming your head against a concrete wall, so to speak, through the NFL draft.
Well, and one thing that was asked too is, you know, George Payton, what is the deepest position this year's draft class? And he did mention edge rusher. And they said, well, what happens you know, if you take an edge rusher? What does that say about your players on the roster? George Payton said, it doesn't mean anything. It means that we have some really good players. He said one thing. He said, you go back to the Indianapolis coach years with Payton. You go to the Broncos years with Payton. When you have all these pass rushers, when you get a lead, you can just send them and go. So the philosophy necessarily, if the Broncos take a pass rusher, it's not indicative of what they think of Bradley Chubb, Malik Reed, Jonathan Cooper, Randy Gregory. It's saying, hey, we believe this guy can fit into what we want. And it may not be in year one right away, but it could be year two. It could be in year three. And George Payton seemingly has that philosophy. So edge rusher, I mean, how much of a ploy is that there? But Sarah, you had an interesting observation from this press conference. All the positions that were mentioned here by George Payton makes you think like, okay, are they looking at tackle? Are they looking at edge rusher, cornerback? They said a lot of love. They even mentioned quarterback too, but there was one position that was left out that has us feeling at least like a little superstitious that this could actually be the position they're looking at in round two. I know, Cody. I'm not superstitious. I am a little stitious, like Michael Scott from The Office. I think that, I mean, obviously, you read the tea leaves in these things. You could drive yourself absolutely crazy reading tea leaves, but you're right. He, he mentioned almost every position top to bottom on both sides of the ball, except for one position that was conveniently left out in, like you said, the 37-minute uh, press conference, and that was the tight end position. And he didn't mention it a single time. Nobody asked about Albert Okwebunam being the tight end one. Nobody asked about any of the backups at the position. Nobody asked about draft prospects, George Payton or Darren Muji. Neither of them offered any information about this year's tight end group, which by all accounts fits what he described in terms of like the depth uh, of the class overall, uh, just being stronger in the in the later rounds because of the sheer number of prospects. But never once was the tight end position mentioned by name. I found that interesting because, like you said, they talked about quarterbacks. I mean, they talked, they name dropped Kenny Pickett and one other guy. I can't remember who it was, but they name dropped even some quarterbacks. And and they talked about corner and they talked about uh, running backs. They talked about linebacker. They, they went into some specific detail about what they look for at the linebacker position from guys with tools, guys with instincts, guys that, you know, and they talked about Josie Jewell and they talked about, they never once mentioned the tight end position. So if you're a conspiracy theorist, file that one away and let's see what happens a week from today. We may know a week from today, Cody, whether or not tight end was atop their priority list. Well, how are you feeling, Broncos country, about the Denver Broncos potential NFL draft strategy outlined by George Payton and Darren Muji? Let us know in the comment section down below here on YouTube or let us know on Twitter at Cody Rook NFL at Lockdown Broncos at Sarah Bettinger for all the action here. Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Make sure you're subscribed, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts.